I like her. I think she's good. Um, <laughs> I don't necessarily like listen to her music. Like I don't go out of my way to listen to her music, but I like her <laughs> time is on the radio. And look, it's uh, young. She's successful. She's doing great things. And uh, I think all of those things sort of appeal to. Um, they should appeal to Canadians and supporting one of our own and uh, giving her a big stage to show. And I think that she did a really terrific job. I was. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. I thought a little. Uh, break dancing ice skaters or whatever they were were, were kind of fun and uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed it I thought uh, it's, it's what I want for the Seattle Halftime show it should always be a spotlight for Canadians and particularly Canadians who uh, you know are maybe on, on the come up Hey Danny uh, you know on behalf of Avery and myself we want to thank you so much for, for taking the time for us coming on chatting a little bit about the Grey Cup and around the CFL we appreciate you man and hopefully this isn't the last time uh, you're ready to come on. We hope you enjoyed yourself, and uh, have a good night. And don't uh, don't party too hard down there. Have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I'm going to be in bed as soon as we get off the phone. But thank you so much for having me, and anytime you guys want to chat, I'm happy to join you. I love what you guys do, so thanks a lot. Awesome. Thanks, Danny. Thanks so much. All right. Yeah. Danny All right. Austin, Calgary Sun and Calgary Herald. Great stuff. Is it Ken Austin? Well, uh, son. <laughs> yeah, often. Yo, on the CFL talk, okay? Oh my gosh, but yeah, no. Um, as of course some of you may have seen on this past week, Brad and myself, we were everywhere during Grey Cup. We, Incredible we weekend. Covered yeah. the awards. Incredible we covered almost a lot of practices. Covered the. Um, for, I, I was there. You know, I was there first day. I was there for Dickinson and and Rick Campbell press mm-hmm. conference, which you were in bed for, which I told you to come for. Yeah, whatever. Hey, you should have been there. It's good Whenever to I drank good to go to day cup. one. I, hey, I drank for the Great Cup. My, yes. my Great Cup's over. That is right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, after the St. Peter's one, we got down to field level, got into St. Peter's room. And the, and the beautiful thing about the fact that we control our own content is that we're not right now being held by deadlines or a need to really get somewhere to a certain time. We can no. control our own timelines. So we went in St. Peter's locker room. And before the, before the game... I think it was yourself and Juwan Bruskis, and you mentioned to those guys, hey, Wadro from the, the Grey Cup. Uh, it was it was Thursday mm-hmm. uh, during media day. I right? talked yeah. to Bo and, and Bruskison and mm-hmm. a couple other guys. I think it was Alex Singleton as well. Yeah. And then I ran into a practice roster player uh, in the elevator pregame, uh, having a hamburger, no, no lie, hamburger and a pop, like <laughs> three hours before the game. And... Uh, and he says, hey, if we win, because he's seen my tag, yeah. if we win, uh, you're drinking in the cup and we're going to do this. And, you know, they they definitely held up to their bargain and their word because when we went in there, you were ducking and dodging every well, yes, champagne I bottle well, pop and everything else. So. Well, listen, I didn't want to get my dress my dress pants or my suit wet. That's what dry cleaning's for. Still, I, I, I soaked don't want... it all in. Have, what are you going to do with the Stanley Cup when the Oilers get there? You're going to hide behind me again? I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm a hey, human hey, hey. shield. You, you are uh-huh. a great shield. Your, your chair's uh-huh. wide enough for me to hide behind it. I duck behind like I was um, James Bond in a movie ducking artillery fire because when we got in there, one, I, I told Brad, I, first of all, I told Brad, do you have goggles? Do you have a poncho? No. Because I'm coming in there just like this. <laughs> I was in a suit, and we were ready to rock and roll. I was going to soak it all in, have some fun, and that's exactly what we did. We got some interviews. Uh, mm. Some some will be posted uh, within this week, but uh, some great stuff. And, of course, uh, one of the highlights was definitely drinking under that cup and um, 
that that'll be one uh, I'll carry with me, bro. Out. Of course. And you know, we mentioned media day. One thing between the NFL and CFL is that you see media day in NFL, and it's a gong show. It's like a there's yeah. there's reporters there from the entire world, and it doesn't it doesn't feel like you get what you want nah, in media day. It doesn't really. feel like you get the quotes you want. Right. A CFL media day. You can go up to literally any player. There's no there's, like you go to media day at NFL and you're sitting where we are and Tom Brady is 20 feet away. Yeah. You go to a CFL media day and hey, you want Bo Levi? No problem. You want Trevor Harris? No problem. No you, want, problem you, want, yeah. you, want, you want Deontay Spencer? No worries. No problem. We didn't have any issues at all. Exactly. That's it's awesome. much more intimate. Like and the free food is great as well. <laughs> we, yes. Uh, you hit that buffet pretty hard, didn't you? No. Yeah. It no. Was, that's the good. one thing. The CFL. They feed us well, so I gotta say to Lucas Barrett, Olivier Poulin, Christina Lintz, Kelly Shouldice, everybody in the CFL, Guillaume, yeah. Thank great you. people. Thank, Thank you for crediting us yeah. once for myself the fourth time, rather the first time. Like, and I think it was Olivier, who was the head PR guy at the CFL, he said to us that we were the first one to apply for great cup passes. You know, and it's really, <laughs> really cool, Avery, and it's, I don't know about you. But the, I hold this very high, uh, I know for uh, our, me, but not only for you as well, mm-hmm. but to be one of the only podcasts in the entire country to be accredited and to, be, uh, for, to cover the entire thing, not just one day, not just two days, but the entire thing and do the, do the locker room interviews mm-hmm. on the field, just incredible experience, world class uh, people to deal with and, uh, and definitely something... Uh, we hope or we will do uh, next year and continue forward. I'm I'm excited to of see course. the whole. Of course, well, yeah, we're invited by Mark Steven, the voice of Sam Peters, to come down to Calgary next year. You actually, know Mark told me at Sam's house, you come to Calgary next year, right? We'll be in Calgary, <laughs> but hey, we told them also the Edmonton Eskimos will be there too, and they'll be in the Stamps dressing room partying just like the Stamps were in the Eskimos dressing room last night. We it was see. a little weird. I'm not gonna lie to you, Avery. <laughs> It was a little weird, but I had to be A. I had to be even keel. I had to be down the middle. We had some fun, but it was a little weird. I also want to congratulate, uh, although we didn't win, I want to congratulate Mark Cote mm-hmm. uh, from the Iowa Red Blacks, local kid, um, for making it that far in his first year. And, of course, good friend of ours, good friend of mine, grew up uh, grew up with a good friend of ours, Dick Michaels. Mm-hmm. Uh, his dad coached him. Justin Lawrence from, yes, Justin from Lawrence. Bruce Grove, Alberta. Congrats in your first year rookie season, <laughs> winning a Grey Cup championship. Uh, bring that thing back to Spruce Grove when it's your day, man. We're, we're so proud of you, and it was an incredible experience, and it was even better to be able to interview him in the locker room. It was exactly. uh, something special. For no, me. it was, and of course, another guy, we had, another guy who was there, I'm Chair Robson, whose grandfather is the le- late legendary Larry Highball. Eskimos legend. That's right. He comes back in Commonwealth where his dad won five Grey Cup titles, and he won a title of his own. Just incredible, incredible stuff. Uh, you know, and I've said before, but defense wins championships, and that defense came out to play. Four things. Seven turnovers. Just unbelievable. And that turf, like that, I knew it was going to be an issue. I know um, Steve Sandor, who is a local reporter, he made a great point, though, with the field saying how in other cities, they have wiring under the field, and they heat the field, yeah. and they put a tarp over it. So by the time it's game time, that issue is no longer a thing. Yeah. I wonder why they didn't do that in Commonwealth, and I wonder why there was no tarping and no heating, because when I walked on the field during walkthrough, it was no... I mentioned Danny. It was slippery. 
and I, I, I hit my toe on the field to test out how hard it was, and it was like a brick. Like, it is like mm. ice. And I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be a disaster, because you're going to see guys slipping every second play, which we did see. You can even see it from up above. You know, I, I was in my seat for the first half, and then Kim met you in the, in the fourth. But, uh, you know, it, you can see it up there. The players were struggling. You can see it on the sidelines, even the glow from the lights, mm -hmm. the ice and stuff. It was just incredible. And um, I commend all the players that played in that because uh, unbelievable no. additions. And, uh, you know, also, I, I, we want to congratulate Trevor Harris. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll be here in the Red Blacks. I'll be here for those guys. And, uh, you know, they, they for an expansion team to be able to do that and their, what, third Grey Cup appearance in five yeah. years, um, just incredible. And that goes to show what kind of organization they got over there. Uh, Rick Campbell, former coordinator for the Eskimos, defensive coordinator for the Eskimos. Um, congratulations to them and uh, bright future there in Ottawa. Yeah, no, it's funny because I remember when I remember when Ottawa first came back into the league, big worry was, are they going to be any good? First year in the league, they go two and fourteen. Yeah, it's like oh crap, here we go, here we go again. Here we go. The Ottawa yeah. team is garbage. But yeah. second year they made the Great Cup, lost Edmonton, and ever since then they've been one of the model franchises. And you got to go to a game in Ottawa, that stadium district in Ottawa by TD Place. Is wonderful. I've been to two games there. I covered a game in 2017 against with Red Blacks Eskimos, and I covered last year's Great Cup in Ottawa. That is a fun city to watch a football game in. Yeah, definitely. I haven't been there yet, so we'll, we'll definitely go and check that out. Uh, and Hyder, that one's for you. Send us to <laughs> Ottawa. Uh, speaking of that, we want to thank Travel Gurus, our sponsor. Mm. We want to thank uh, Matt. We want to thank Howie's, uh, Shaq, Dave, Raymond, all those guys. Thank you so much for, for putting up with us, dealing with us every Monday night. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for doing what you do. Yes. We appreciate you. Episode 30, and we can't wait till we add another zero to that, uh, 300. This is only the tip of the iceberg. We are so excited. And there's some big events uh, hopefully coming up for us in the near future. And uh, we're, we're so excited to be with you guys and, and have the support of uh, a guy like Hyder and Travel Gurus mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know, uh, of course, Howie's and, and everybody over at uh, here at Starlight Casino in Grand Villa. Uh, we love you guys and thank you so much. Absolutely. Of course, you know, we'll do it later, but I do want to say we do have winner number three for a contest. Come with us to Vegas winner and Arizona yep. to watch Rules play the Golden Knights and Coyotes. Well, you, me, and Jason Strudwick. And then there's only one more for the month. One more for the month, uh, and it will be announced, or the question will mm -hmm. be posted and announced tonight on the show, uh, so make sure you stick around for that. Yes, I guess that can be a segue there going from the from football CFL to the Oilers. That's right. And, well, Empton Oilers right now sit 10, 11, and, and 1, two. 2. before. And we did a last show, and again, thank you, my boy Matt Ingles, for filling in when you were in Los Angeles. Yeah, Matt, thank you. Not to mention, yeah. when we did our show, Tom McClelland was still the head coach of the Oilers. Fast yeah. forward week, now it's the unretired Ken Hitchcock. You know what? I don't know about you, Avery. I, I like this move. Look, I was pro Todd McClellan. I didn't think it was Todd's fault. I still don't think it's Todd's fault. We have, I think it's more of a management issue. We talked about this before. Peter Sorelli, whatever, whatever that may be. But the scapegoat in all this was Todd McClellan. They brought in a new guy. They want a new voice. Ken Hitchcock's the voice. What better guy 
excuse my language here, Ken Hitchcock is a hard ass. Yes, yes. He's going to whip these guys into shape. He's not going to get run over. He's going to get a, the best out of these guys night in and night out. You heard uh, Richard Mapp and Chuck with Jason Greger uh, a few weeks ago when the, when the hiring went down. And, you know, you this is a guy you love, hate, but at the end of your career, at the end of your time when he coaches you, he makes you a better player. And that's what he's going to do to the Abitoyers. He's going to bring structure. You know, he already cracked the whip on Milan Lucic, demoting him to the third line, calling it the identity line with Brodziak and Cassian. You know what? I think for me that was a good fit for Lucic. He's not a top three guy. He's not fast enough to play Connor. He's not fast enough to fit that role. I still think they need to find that guy. Jesse Pogliarby for me could be could be that guy if they mold him into. And that's another one. Is I, I love the I love the interview. I love the comments Ken Hitchcock made about Jesse Pogliarby. Mm-hmm. They he did you know small sample size in Bakersfield. I believe he I believe he needs more time to build that confidence. But Ken Ken Hitchcock wanted the ability. I wanted the time with this young man to let him develop up here under Ken Hitchcock, under a new system, and, and see what he's made of, see what he's about. I, like I said, I still think he needs more time in Bakersfield. Four games isn't enough, although we did well, four points in four mm-hmm. games, but he needs more time there. But fantastic for Ken Hitchcock to bring him up and give him a shot. No, I agree. And, and Ken said he wants to be responsible for his development. And you know what? Yeah. That's refreshing to see. Um, not just a head coach, but an older head coach. A coach like most coach, you only see most coaches at 66 say they want to be responsible for the mm-hmm. development of a player who is under 25. Right. They want to deal with veteran players, which he was known for back in the day. But you know what, coach? Him for saying that. Hopefully, it does improve because I think yes, he has a future in Edmonton. And people who want to rag on him and say, oh, he's a bust. The guy isn't even 21 yet. Settle down. Yeah. Relax. Settle down. Relax. Slow down. There's a lot of hockey in, in this kid. I think he'll turn things around under the right coach. You know what? Maybe maybe Kitschko's only here to end the year. Maybe it's somebody else next year. We don't know. But for the time being, though, if Ken can get the most juice out of Yessi, then go ahead, go for it. You know, I'm about to shut down my Twitter account too. This guy, this negativity about the Oilers and oh, we suck again and yada yada yada. Y'all y'all need Jesus. Y'all need to smile more. Y'all need to you know get in front of people more and. Just let this team be. Quit being armchair GMs. Let them do the job. Hey, Sorelli, we all have our opinions. I don't think he's got to... Look, he doesn't have a job regardless. I don't care if the Oilers make the Stanley Cup final. I don't care if the Oilers miss a playoff. He's done. That's the end of that. He's done. Now, I oppose you this. Hitchcock is 1-1-1. Which, hey, (laughs) it could be worse. It could be better. I'm okay with 1-1-1, one, 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 which I'm not okay is 0-3 oh, oh, oh or 0-2-1. Oh, the Anon game they should have won. Mm-hmm. Absolutely should have won. The game before that, well, whatever. And then the LA game yesterday, they also should have won. But, um, I'll post this to you. Miko Kostinen will be the number one guy by the new year. You know what? It's not that crazy. The way he's been playing, I would not be surprised to see him be named the starter. And if you're the Oilers, that's not really what you wanted. You no. didn't really want no. this because Cam Talbot right now has been Joe Namath's voice, struggling. I mean, he has not had a good season so far. And Cam's job is in trouble. Why? Well, I, I think not only is Cam's job in trouble, I, I think 
and extensions in jeopardy too. Um, I don't know if he's the guy long term in Edmonton. Mind you, I don't know if Miko Koskin is the guy long term in Edmonton. But Sid Sixero said it best today. Until this until this team, he said the same thing about the Flyers. It was mm-hmm. uh, Nick Kiprios as well. But until this team finds a steady netminder and some solid D-man, they will not be competitive. Yeah. Um, we saw him make a small move. We, we were off air. Small move. Chris Weidman uh, came over from Ottawa for a six-round pick. I like that. That gives him a little more depth on defense. Um, I think Matt Benning has played himself out of a job, in my mind. He struggled hard. Um, Kevin Gravel has been a pleasant surprise. Pleasant surprise. Um, I, I think he's kind of helped his own there. Now, what we could see, Avery, is mm-hmm. maybe an Oscar Kleppon get moved. Maybe a Leon Dreisaitl will get moved. Or, heaven forbid, maybe a Ryan Newton Hopkins get moved. Um, what's the next move here for the Edmonton Oilers to get better? Well, well, first of all, I don't think you want... Pierre dealing being the guy. If there is a trade involving Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I don't know if I want Pierre making that move mm-hmm. because that's the thing. He's proved, he, you know what, minor, a minor deal like a Chris Weidman, okay, whatever. Um, Spooner for Strom, whatever. That's a watch anyway. But my issue is when he's dealing with the star players. He's not getting back equal value, mm-hmm. and that concerns me. If he trades away Ryan Nugent Hopkins and gets a player a far lesser value. It's one thing to trade away Ryan Nugent Hopkins, but you need to get back someone of similar value. You cannot get someone who's significantly worse than Hopkins. You can't. You can't. It just does not work. Um, I'll tell you this, though, and I'll, I'll propose this to you. Before he makes a deal, I think it needs it needs to go through Bob Nicholson. And to be quite frank, I'm going to be frank here again, is... Depending if he wants it or not, that could be my guy for GM. Bob Nicholson could come in, take or Keith Gretzky could come in and take a GM job from Peter Schwartz. To me, I think you need to look outside the box here. I mean, you, you want to keep Keith as a, you want to keep Keith as, as the AGM, okay? But I think you need to go out and really find somebody else because this this mix. Has yeah. proven it's not yeah. the right mix in the front office. Yeah. I want you to go out and find somebody else, be it pursuing Paul Fenton, be it going out and pursuing a uh, Tom Fitzgerald or right. somebody else. Like I need, I want someone, I want someone who's a outside voice, a true outside voice, who doesn't have ties, talking Canada or all of the past. Mm-hmm. Someone who sees his team with a true neutral eye body. I I, I agree with you. Yes. Um, we talked about this off air. Ron Hextall, obviously, I don't think is the answer. He got fired today in Philly. Um, he is new. He, I'll say as much. He is. A, he is a new voice. He is someone who is totally fresh. Now, let me bring this name up to you, and I'm curious. This was brought up to me this weekend. Steve Eiserman. That's Edmonton Oilers throw everything they got at Steve Eiserman. You know what? And say this. You have the best player in the world. Help us fix this. You're going to need... You know what? That's one good thing in that in, in NHL. There's no salary cap on front office staff. You could go out and throw the kitchen sink at the man, but it, you're going to have to really... Look what pot. he did in Tampa, though. Look what he... he look what he did. 
he did so well in Tampa Bay. Like, I think you really got, you, to me, and remember, he's still, he's still, this, he's still top this year as a consultant for the Lightning, mm. rest of the Cubs contract. Mm. But for next year, you got to really impress him this year. Because what I've heard is that he wants to go back to Detroit. He wants to go back to that, Michigan. Well, yeah, that's, but they're worse than Edmonton. But it's still, that's, that's still home for him. Like, that is still yeah. very much home. Yeah. Even though Detroit's a tire fire, yeah. that's still home. Like, to me, if you're the Oilers, you got to really improve this. you got to truly show Steve you want to overhaul things. Because if obviously Steve them in and Edmonton comes calling, sure, you have Connor. But mm-hmm. why am I going to go to a franchise with, yes, the best player in the world, that's going to end up 82 points because we don't even know much meddling there is from St. Nicholson or whoever in, in to the GM. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know how much. Um, but no, it's true. Like, you got to really impress him. But I don't know. I think I think if you were to give me a percentage of getting Sylvester in Edmonton, right now I'd say four, five. So let's say, let's say a guy like Doug Armstrong fired in St. Louis. Is, yeah. is that a possibility? I think it's I think it's much more so a possibility than NC Byersman. You have someone who was already already in the Western Conference as well too. And then also let me let me propose this to you. Mike Sullivan's fired in Pittsburgh. Just curiosity, what he's on the hot seat. Is that a guy you target Edmonton? I consider him. You do you bring in a package or or do you like? Are you comfortable? At, this saying is Oilers brass. I mean, you as well. Mm-hmm. But are you comfortable with a guy like Ken Hitchcock with a Sullivan, with a coin bill out there? Are you comfortable with that? You know what? If Ken turns this team around, then you know what? To me, if Ken turns the team around, then I'm, I'm not going to say, you know what, thanks, Ken, but we're going to find somebody else. To me, it's, Ken, do you want to stay, yes or no? I ask him if he yeah. wants to stay, if yeah. he turns around. And, and that's out of respect as well. Yes. He's, he's a veteran coach. He's been around. Yeah. Yeah. If he says if he says I want to stay, all right, cool. If if he says you know what I got the itch, I'm done. I'm done coaching. Okay, whatever. Then you fine. Okay, cool, awesome. So who's? Uh, it's it's a crapshoot. I'm I I'm lost. Like what does this team need to do to get back to where they were three or two years ago and in the playoffs? That that is a question that. It, it's tough because... What's his success to you this year? Success to me is getting to the playoffs. But you gotta win, I think you got to win a playoff round. you got to come out and say, listen, that was a that was an anomaly. Now we've, we've figured things out. But you put yourself behind the eight ball. Already. It's just... I, I want to see more... At what point is a big splash need to be done? So a Leon dry saddle needs to be shipped out. I I'm not touching Leon this year. I really am not because I still think he is a such a key cog in this offense. I know Connor Connor runs everything. Connor is here. It, it's Connor's up team. top. Yeah. But Leon's right there but still alone. That's the thing. So I, I this was brought up to me over the weekend as well. It's Ryan all around you look at it. I love Ryan Hopkins' mm-hmm. game this year. I yes. think he's he's took a major step forward. Defensively he's been incredible. Yes. Offensively, he's been good. Is he better in the grand scheme of things for your team? If you had to pick one, is he better than Leon Dreisel? In my eyes, he is. In my eyes, he's more valuable. I do think so, yes. I agree with that. I agree with that. But it's tough, right? It is a tough thing to say, ship one of these guys out when you are not... 
it is like these are issues that you don't see in Chicago or Pittsburgh until the team's in decline and after they've done something beyond the second round playoff appearance. Like everything's in a spot that a team has never been in before. They're rebuilding and they're still so bad to try to get out of this 15th rebuild by trading away guys who had no success with who are still elite players. Like, it makes sense, Brad. It makes zero sense what the spot's in right now. It doesn't. Yeah, I, I'm baffled too. I, you know, I'm born a race here. Yeah. I will never, ever give up on this team. This will be my team until I die. And the Kings, as most of you know <laughs> why. I won't get into that. But this is my team until I you, you throw me six feet deep. And what's sickening me, Avery, I'm sure you've seen it, you see it every day, is people throwing in the towel on this team saying they will never cheer for the Oilers again. How could you be that disloyal to a team? Look, you look at the team like the Buffalo Bills. You look at the team like the uh, Cleveland Browns. These fans have been loyal for years, decades. How do you just jump ship like that? Well, yeah, Brad, I'll play, I'll play, devil, I'll play devil's advocate on you with that. I think it's very easy because you've got a team who has not improved in, in enough in 12 years. Yes, you've gotten Hall, Yakupov, Eberle, whatever, so on and so forth. What have you done with it? Nothing. Have you gone... That, I think that's part of Torelli, though. Oh, but it's, it's a lot more than that. And like, it, to people, patience, people of people who grew up with this team were cool with maybe three, four years of failure. But to a lot of people, a decade of failure is unacceptable. To many fans, not progressing significantly is embarrassing. You're in a rebuild. How are you going to rebuild from 60-whatever points to 70 and then back down again? Rebuilding teams keep trending upwards. They don't trend upwards slightly and then crash back down. That's what pisses people off. That's what people say, you don't care anymore. I know you care about is the dollar bill. And yes, you're a business, it's your business, but to have this business basically tell the fans, listen, have a Bobby burger. it'll be okay. Here's Patrick Russell. He'll fix everything or he'll fix some of the problems. Or to have this franchise raise ticket prices when there's no reason to come watch beyond Connor? It's a bit insulting. Yeah, you uh, <laughs> you hit some points. I mean, is it going to take Shirelli's exit, because writing's on the wall. Yes, it is. Shirelli's exit, is that what it's going to take to turn the team around? I think, I think it will, because Peter has proven that if it's a, if it's a trade involving a star player, he, he cannot execute a trade where he's winning it. He does not do it. He's proven it, he proved it in Boston with Sagan. He proved it now here with Hall, with Eberle. And I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand. I mean, you know what? You've been in a war room before. and You were, you were in L.A. Yeah. I haven't. But I don't understand how one GM can, can get keep Sorry, can keep getting fleeced that badly one for one. That I don't understand at all. I don't get it. 
Yeah, see, I don't have words for it either. But <laughs> No one does. We don't understand it. There's a lot that goes on in these meetings and trade talks and free agent talks even or, mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. A lot of it comes down to the dollar amount of what player comes back. Of course. And, and the years of flexibility and the years on the contract and all that fun stuff. But, yeah, some of the trades are unexcusable. The Strong for Abelaide trade, um, you know, and, and the, I mean, the whole trade, well. I, now, I'll say I'll say as much. Adam Larson is a very serviceable defenseman in Edmonton. He's proven his worth. But Eberle for Strom, you, you know, you knew Ryan Strom was not going to be Jordan Eberle. Ryan Strom's at see, best a 35-point guy. And that, that's the problem is they were banking on hope. They were banking that Strom would turn around and be that player they needed him to be. But it just wasn't the case. He was. He, they wanted him to be the player he was two years before that, mm-hmm. which was that top six guy, that goal scorer. They why he. You know what they should have did? They should have put him with Connor McDavid, but they won. Really, feel that? Because for, hell, I just must swore there. <laughs> um, you put me. With Connor McDavid, I could put up 40 points. You probably could. You put <laughs> you with Connor McDavid, you put up 40 points. You put Joey Moss with Connor McDavid, you put up 40 points. Well, probably 45 because, you know, veteran leadership of Joey Moss. You put Don <laughs> Metz on a line <laughs> with Connor McDavid, you get about 35. Right. <laughs> yeah, you only know Don's speed is what he used to be. So, you put Ryan Strome, mm-hmm. you take his 25 points, 30 points, you double that with McDavid. He, I believe he could have been a 50, 60-point guy with 97. Wow. That's, that's but again, But again, that didn't happen. No, That didn't, didn't happen. He turned in the Oilers' way. They're doing the, they did this with Pooley Harvey. They're turning him in. To a bottom six forward. He's not a bottom six guy. No, he's not. He's not a bottom six forward. So if you turn him into a bottom six forward, eventually he will become a bottom six forward. And then once again, you're going to get national media. Surprise, surprise. Rose waste another top pick. Another, another top ten pick. It's reversal. Ryan Spooner. They're trying to turn him into a top six guy. He's not a top six player. Like, Brad, again, this team is running around in circles again and again and again. See, I'm running. You'll see in a second here. I'm running in a circle. New Orleans are running in a circle. He's running in a circle with against him. the past 12 years. That is ridiculous. Yeah. 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 So, let me, let's move forward now. What's your summer plans look like for the Oilers? Well, if you're the Oilers GM, what's the agenda look like? Well, depends who you will. If I'm Bob Nicholson or Daryl Cates, the first word of business is Peter Shirley's been relieved of his duties. And if you for time. That, that's first order. That's, that's done. That is. And you know what? Maybe for summertime, it is interim GM Keith Gretzky. And then you do 
look at your GM search. You do go and look at the Hex dolls, the Fentians, whoever, and try and bring that in. And then you look at getting cars of help. Because you cannot, like Sid, like, again, like Sid said, you cannot surround Connor with mediocrity on his, on his in top six. You can't. You cannot do it. Uh, no, it, it doesn't. It doesn't work. Now, can we, is there any way we could pull up the, uh, um, the free agents for this summer? Yeah, we can, we can grab that. I, I want to, I want to somewhat build a team here. Give, give us a sec, guys. This is on a whim. I didn't. But no, and the thing is, too, like, people always say how free agents, they care about markets and cities and climate, whatever. Yes, that was playing impact. But remember in the 2000s? When the Detroit Red, Red Wings had Luke Robitaille, Brett Hall, and they so won, on and they so won, forth, Eisenman, Lindstrom, Zetterberg, Datsuk, just killing it, and in no salary in, in the era of no salary cap. Yeah. Because yes, it was Detroit, yeah. but they were winning consistently. And they, they won, won. The Stanley Cup that year. Yes. Like it does. Like City plays an effect on some players. Yeah. So. Let me ask you this then. Yes, it's a lot of money. Uh, Montreal paid him big, and he did perform. Do you look at a guy like Carl Osner who's on waivers? I consider it. I do consider. I admit that. So I know people are does, laughing. About does it. he become? For me, in my eyes, mm-hmm. he jumps into a top four role in Edmonton. You know what? Some could say it's bad. Some could say it's good. But I do say it, it happens. Yeah, he is what, a top four you guy. You can't. You can't. Your defense cannot get any worse. If look here, we have the so let's look at your forward agent list. So I I don't think they're pursuing Panarin. I just don't see it. I see a maybe Chicago, L.A. possibly. Who knows me? In a perfect world, a Tammy Panarin becomes the Edmonton and becomes Connor McDavid's forward or or wing. That's a perfect world. But what about a Wayne Simmons who's been connected here for quite a while? Yes, he has. What about a Mark Stone? What about an Anders Lee? Out of that list of forwards, who's your most, I guess, potential? Or give me your top three, even. Out of this list right now. The Oilers, not fantasy-wise, but who the Oilers likely would covet and would sign. I think most likely would be, since he's been linked so often, has been Wayne Simmons. That's the guy who's been definition of a true power forward. He can hit. He can be the guy who will get you, uh, of course, 100 pims. So is that a top one guy? Is that a common uh, Absolutely. Guy? I think yeah. Wayne Simmons, he's the guy who's proven he can be a 30-goal guy consistently okay. in Philadelphia. And that's the, And then I think also, I think also, I think um, uh, Matt Zuccarello, that's someone who could also be a fit in Edmonton. I think that's a guy who's... Proved his worth the New York Rangers on some good teams and some bad teams. I'd like to see him in Edmonton, as possibly. I like it. What about Derek Broussard as well? Does, does that shore up your center? I mean, again, you you run into the problem of maybe too many centers. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Ryan Hopkins there, um, you're possibly your number three guy. But let, let's look at your defense for a minute. Mm-hmm. And then you have some, and then of course there are some. The biggest name there, of course, well, he's no longer a the free agent, but it was um, Eric Carlson. I don't think Carl, it's already been known. Carlson's not considering here because, of course, what's going on. But what about would you? 
would you consider a guy like Zidane Trump? You know, if you if he wasn't forty, if he wasn't forty-one, I would. I don't know how much he has, time he has left. I don't know how much gas he has in the tank. I'm taking a flyer on a forty-two-year-old defenseman. That's my concern. And let's say, okay, so I don't think Talbot comes back, um, just based on the year he has. Um, let, I, I, I possibly I, I see them uh, re-signing Koskinen. I think that's a real possibility in that backup role. But is a is a Bobrovsky too far to reach for Edmonton? You know, if if, if you want if you want to go and break the bank open for Bobrovsky, depending on how much cap space you have. I'm not. It won't be much because remember you're still hamstrung by the Lucic contract. I mean, if you if you have the room, go for it. But I is don't a know. bio possible for me and Lucic next year? Oh, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money to eat. But I think it, I think we're heading down the road of a buyout. I think you need to at least consider it. I mean, who would be next on your list? Peter Morazic? Yeah, Peter Morazic would be definitely. Although there's Carolina, I don't know if Carolina can afford to leave someone like that because Carolina right now is the well. Surprise. Scott Darling's been uh, been quite the story this year in Carolina. True, uh, yeah, more Darling. Sorry, it's been more Darling than Brazic, but I don't know. Maybe we can get Brazic out of Carolina. In that with, case. with David Riddick uh, doing what he's doing in Calgary, does Mike Smith become expendable? I just I don't know if I see him in Edmonton. I don't think he's an option. Robert Leonard's kind of had an off year. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't seen much of him either. No, we so. have not. But no, I don't think um, I don't think Mike Smith is going to get many looks this year because Mike Smith has just been absolutely horrible for Calgary, much in the same way that uh, Cantel has been here in Edmonton, just having not a really off year. So I think uh, we wrap this up. Actually, you know what we do? You know what we do? I, I do want to get into one before we get to the trivia. I do want to talk about the the gong show that was Tito Ortiz versus oh Chuck God. Liddell. First of all, oh my God. To the, how was a commission give Chuck Liddell a license First to fight? First off, no, 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 wait a minute. Before even the commission, as a fan, <laughs> how do you spend $3,000? Was it $3,000? A ticket. I got, I a ticket to go watch... Peter Ortiz and Chuck Liddell fight for 48 seconds. In the year of our Lord, 2018. <laughs> oh my goodness, people. Like, we didn't need this. The world did not need a third fight between two guys in their 40s. I'm sorry. We did not need this. Like, this is a... Like, who? Who asked for this? Who asked for this? I believe Tito Ortiz did, actually. I, I yeah, I, I believe so. Like, this was... I watched it. Chuck, I watched it. This is a bad... I watched it on, on Instagram. You can watch the fight on Periscope. That's how bad this was. You know, good thing I own an Android box. I don't need to pay for it. Like... That was garbage. I... If you paid money for that... Oscar De La Hoya, Golden Boy, give the people back their money. <laughs> Search uh, ticket prices for that fight. Like, my goodness. Y'all pay money for that? Like, oh my gosh. Why? Why would you pay money to watch that? In 2006, absolutely. But why would you watch that? Ah. 
I just don't get it. That's not... These kind of... These old man freak show Bellator style fights are deserving of being on free TV. Not your hard-earned money. I'm sorry. What do you think I watched? You think I paid money to watch um, Data 5000 fight Kimbo? No. You think I watched... You think I paid money to watch... Um, who is it? Okay, it's gone now, so you can't find the prices. But you think I would have paid money to watch we'll go back there Ryan Shamrock fight Royce Gracie? No. Golden Boy lower right there. Golden Boy. Down. Yeah. Lower TV. Yeah, of course they lower. Of course they lowered their price right here view. So just to rent this, this isn't even to be there. Just to rent, I believe it's like seventy bucks. Seventy dollars. It was now forty bucks. That's still forty too many. Forty dollars. Yeah. So it was about seventy, eighty dollars. Like, my goodness. And the fight card was changing a lot, but that was the main event. But, jeez. Why would you pay money to watch these two old farts get at it? I could have went to my... I could have went and watched my Uncle George fight some old man in his alleyway for free. <laughs> it would be about the same thing. Probably more entertaining watching George fight yeah, something. Probably, right? Like, you know, I but... I want to get away from this because this is very ridiculous. <laughs> Quickly, speaking of money, Josh Donaldson got paid today. Yes. Um, only a one-year deal. With Atlanta. $23 million reconnected with AA Alex Centopolis in Atlanta. Does this close it? What, what does this mean now for the market? The market's starting to open up. Um, guys are getting paid. We've seen Brian McCann go back to Atlanta today as well. Mm. Uh, short-term deal, one-year, $2 million. Looks to be the backup to... Uh, to Tyler Flowers, mm-hmm. Kurt Suzuki as well. Um, some, you know, I, I think this is great for McCann to come home. It's an opportunity for him to help the young guys. Exactly. With that young team in Atlanta. Um, you, you look, uh, I think JD, I think JD's going to get a fresh start with the Braves. And you look at that lineup now with with uh, Richard Acuna there and, mm-hmm. and all their young talent. I think this, this is going to be a dangerous team for years to come. I still believe, and you can speak on this, I still believe Bryce Harper ends up with the Phillies. Phil- Philadelphia, I, I don't, I just think that the Yankees are going to say, oh, that's cute, Philadelphia, you want to throw an offer Bryce? That's cute. Oh, Washington, you're trying to offer? That's cute. Hey, Bryce, here's $300 million. Come be in pinstripes. I say Philly offers him almost four. Wow. They I got don't money, see they anybody got money to spend. I do anybody going past the Yankees. I don't they see that. money happening. to spend. I think Philly brings in Bryce Harper. And I think they're bringing the starting pitcher. Wow, I, I don't see anybody going past the New York Yankees for Bryce Harper. I just don't see it happening. No, but the Yankees just got James Paxton. That's right. Um, they they're making a splash. I just I don't know, man. I when does the Yankees say enough is enough? They got John Carlos Stanton there. That big money on the on the bucks as well. Uh, you you gotta look at that. No, remember though, it's no salary cap game. You can go and spend, yeah, spend, that's true. spend. Yeah, that's true. So we'll see what happens, though. And, of course, Bryce Harper will reveal where he signed via MLB 19 to show cover. So oh, yes. when a game comes out, we'll know where Bryce is signed. Yes. Yes, so. Anyway, trivia time. So we had a winner last week for our trivia question for the trip to Vegas and Arizona. Alex Hominuk, you are correct. The first Pro hockey team in Vegas was the Las Vegas Gamblers of the California Las Vegas Semi Pro League. They played in the 60s. Congratulations, you're in the draw for our trip. So, that leaves us Alice Hamanuk. Yeah. 
Brad Gabriel. And Mike Wilson. Those and three. Mike Wilson. So. The three so far. One more spot remaining for the month. And what's your question? Go ahead. All right. Fourth one. We we will keep it. We'll, you know, we'll keep it desert related. It may not be a hockey question. We'll keep it desert related. You know, we'll do an we'll do Arizona Cardinals one. Wow. Arizona Cardinals question. And we'll go into the personal life of Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald Sr. is his father. And he's, a, and he's prominent in what field? What field is Larry Fitzgerald Sr. prominent in? If you watch football, you know Larry's story. If you know, Larry, if you know the story of Larry Jr., you'll know where Larry Sr. is very famous in. There you go. There's your question. Answer that. Uh, and you'll be entered, or be the first one to answer that. And you'll be entered into the draw for this month's prize. Um, for your chance to uh, to to come with us and, and start with. And also, and Holly's, we have we, they know not to the last question for Holly's dinner. So come on, don't, don't you want free dinner for two? Free come half, on, free dinner for two. You know what? We'll do a, we'll do a new question for a dinner for two because come on, don't you all like free food? Oh my goodness, on Thursday night, you and a guest at Holly. So you know what? On us. Yes. Another question. So we will do. What's it? Will be our first question. Oh. How about Ken Hitchcock won? How many wins as head coach did Ken Hitchcock have in his first year in the NHL as head coach? How many wins did he have? There you go. So there's your dinner question and your trivia question for Arizona and Vegas. Answer those, and you can come with us and uh, have dinner and always. It's a great experience. You won't want to miss this. Uh, for Avery Lewis McDougal, thank you to our guest tonight. I'm Brad Barco. We will see you next week for episode 31. Later.